Hi there. It's your gal pal, Amy Knight. Boy, I've got a good little eavesdrop for you today. My girl spent some time in Cali catering to the stars. She has some pretty good tales. She's a busy gal, too. You can hear her phone going off a few times. All right, get ready to laugh along with us. Here we go. My friend Molly is here. Hi. Miss Molly King, who owns her own event planning business. Is that what I say? Molly Joe Events. Molly Joe Events. How long have you been doing that? Uh, we formed formally in 2018. I have been in the event industry for, oh, going on 20 years now. And moved back to Knoxville, and, and there, was a, there was a hole to be filled. So we do primarily nonprofit event planning. Oh, yeah. and, I didn't uh, know that. I didn't know that you mostly of, did nonprofit stuff. We do. If I never have to plan another wedding in my entire oh my life, gosh. it will be too soon. So much better than working with... Not only brides, brides' mothers, <clears throat> brides' families. Are often Groom's worse. families. Bridesmaids. <laughs> yeah, bridesmaids. Um, everyone involved. I think that's a common misconception because quite frequently the bride is the easy one right. on the day. It's very emotional. I put my time in. You know, I did that in the Bay Area for so long. I, it's San Francisco and Napa, you know, mm. destination wedding. Oh, my word. And I bet I you really here. had some. <sighs> oh. <laughs> oh, I some, can't wait. Some adventures. <laughs> Um, there are this, the Smoky Mountains is the largest, I think, I think if I remember this correctly, the largest, uh, wedding destination economy in the country. Oh, wow. Well, it is the most visited <clears throat> national, national park. park in right. the country. So. Yes. There are a lot of wedding planners here and I did actually a lot of nonprofit work out in the Bay Area and I mean, just spectacular fundraising events, and you know, and I and I when I got back here, I was looking around, and it's like all the fundraisers. You go sit down at a white polyester tablecloth and eat some rubber chicken, mm -hmm. and they ask you for money, and then you get up and leave, and right. people feel obligated to be there, but they don't want to be there. Right. And right. so I saw this this niche of like, let's do some fun stuff let's put them on a train yeah let's close down a street yes let's get some aerial performers and some fire dancers <laughs> like and so awesome. that's really fun yeah i love it well okay so you you said that you were born here <clears throat> and i met you um in 2020 or 2021 <gasps> That's right. I was think it, it was it was 2021. It was it was when we were still scared, but not as scared. Right. Because <laughs> I met I met Molly. Um, I haven't talked about this yet, but um, I am. I want to say I'm a part of I definitely was a, a part of part from of. the beginning. I don't do as much work that I used to, but uh, part of the <laughs> Breaststrokes organization here in town, Breaststrokes Knoxville, you know, I call it Knoxville's favorite charity. So if you don't know what Breaststrokes Knoxville is, we are a nonprofit that every month, every month, um, every year we have um, painting time where mm -hmm. we get a bunch of women together that that paint and a bunch of women that want to donate their torso to be painted and a bunch of women that want to take pictures of those torsos afterwards. And we auction those photos off at the end of the year and we do a calendar and we give that money to women in our community that are battling cancer and they can do whatever they want with it. They can spend it on bills or vacation or 
new clothes, whatever. We don't ask. So I think it's a really good thing that I'll talk I'll talk some more about in the future of how we got started with that. But if you're a woman who wants to come and get painted or Better yet, if you're a woman that paints, because we always <laughs> That's how have, I got involved. <laughs> uh, we always have like, what, 25 to 30 artists and about 300 models. So we do it over two days. We had to go to two days. So I met Molly that way. Uh, we couldn't get together and paint on each other because of COVID. So um, it but was we just... we still needed a calendar but cover. we still <laughs> needed a calendar, yeah. And a, yeah, a cover. So Molly and I met <clears throat> in another friend's apartment who got out it was just us. Our, our our token male board member's office yes <laughs> <laughs> and i painted her and that's how we got to know each other so yeah the first time i met you you yeah. were half naked exactly and it was <laughs> it was so fun it was fun <laughs> i don't think we shut up the entire time uh, no we didn't we didn't that's why i knew that it would be so perfect <clears throat> to have you on here so there's a lot about your past that i don't know because we are new friends. Mm-hmm. So you are from Knoxville. You've seen my tits. I have but- seen <laughs> We're like a one-night stand. <laughs> I only... <laughs> I don't let's, know your middle name, but... <laughs> it's Joanna, hence Molly Joe. Oh, yeah, oh, that's great. That's yeah. perfect. So tell me, tell me everything. Tell me everything. You have 45 minutes. Go. Oh, boy. <laughs> um... I was born and raised in South Knoxville, um, and I moved away from Knoxville in 2020. I followed a boy to Santa Cruz. Oh, that's that a, didn't that didn't work that out. But I like stayed. The beginning of a, a hippie song, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> some kind of some kind of 1970s tune. I couldn't make out of that. Uh, that didn't last, obviously, because I was 20. Right. Um, but I remember calling my mom and saying, I want to come home. Mm-hmm. I think I'd been there for about a year and a half. This is still in Santa Cruz. And my mom, she said, she said, we'll get you home. We'll, we'll fly your little brother out and he can drive back with you and, and it's going to be fine and we'll get you home. And then she talked to all of her best girlfriends and they said, don't let her come home because of a boy. Don't let her come back with her tail between her legs and a broken heart. Don't you do that. And she called me the next day. And it took me about 24 hours and I slept on it and I woke up and thinking, it's not about what we're going to do today. It's about what I'm going to do today. Look at you, girl. That was was your Mary Tyler Moore moment. Exactly. Did you throw your beret up in the air and say i've got well, this I'm, i may have i may have cracked a beer and gotten in the car cracked a beer and said i've got this california but i uh i did happen to be working in a wonderful restaurant at the time this was you know i feel like you you kind of alternate you have like a really shitty experience but then you have a really good one the next time and right. this was one of the really good ones and this uh, this restaurant it was just a tribe of women. It was a kind of an upscale, like Latin American tapas situation. Oh, wow. We had two two male servers, and the rest of us were just. I mean, what an amazing so all the pack support you needed at that time exactly. Nice. And I and they all they took me out. They got me drunk. <laughs> they called and checked in on me. They you know, and and it was just it was such a supportive environment. You know, and it, I mean I think it, you know it, like the restaurant when you find a good one that's your family. Right. It does become mm-hmm. your family. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I stayed in Santa Cruz for about three years, and I had a friend there who who used to say uh, Santa Cruz is where motivation goes to die. 
And it's true. It's like you're on summer vacation all the time. I was I was 20, 21 years old. I was waiting tables making like $45,000 a year working four days a week. And oh then, you know, and then, but I heard about this um, hospitality management program at the California Culinary Academy in San Francisco. And I, I, I did wake up one day and I looked around and I said, this is great and all, and it's really beautiful. But if I stay here, I'm going to... I'm going to rot. I'm never going to do anything other than this. You know, and my original plan was to go, I was going to go to art school. And so you wait tables. Right, right. <laughs> um, but that never happened. But then I ended up at the Culinary Academy and I loved it. I was so good at it. I was so good at it. <laughs> so you were training to be in hospitality or were you actually yeah. training with the culinary? Like So the... HRM, Hospitality Restaurant Management Program, was about, I would say it was about a third culinary. So I was in cooking courses. I was I was with professional instructors. There was communications and finance and, and accounting and legal and, and all that. But um, I loved, I love to cook. I've never, I've been a prep cook from time to time, but I've never really done it professionally. But it's, I mean, it's a, it's a hobby for sure. Mm-hmm. Um and I just, I loved school. I was, I was really good at it. Um, nice. And then I left there. How long did I, that take? From start to the finish of the externship, it was two years, I think. It's an associate's degree. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, I mean, but, you know, to do what I do, I am one of the few people who is, that I know who is actually using her college degree right. to, to do what I was in school for. When I moved back here, before I started my business, I was looking for I was looking for a job, and uh, there were I think I applied for four different jobs at the university. One of which I was perfect for, two of which I was vastly overqualified for, and one of which was like I don't want. But I'm you know as you're desperate and you're like right. oh you know they have they have insurance and they have right that'll know, that'll get you hey that that promise of insurance will get you into a lot a of situations lot of, yeah. you don't really um, want to be in. But I, I I kept sending my resume. My mother knew someone on the steering committee for one of these positions and she made a call for me and I couldn't get an interview to save my life. Wow. And I was lamenting this to a friend who works for the university at one point and she said, Molly, you don't have a you don't have a bachelor's degree. Mm. And I said, What? And she said, Yeah, they won't even they won't even entertain the possibility. I said, What happened to relevant experience? Mm-mm. It seems a little elitist. It is a little elitist. Yeah. And and it's I think it's it's just like why would you why would you not consider someone with the perfect experience for this job? I said I said, So you're telling me if I had a degree in basket weaving, mm-hmm. they would consider me for this right. event planning job. Is it do you think maybe it's the attitude of, well, we had to go through that. Mm. So everybody that comes through here has to go through that. I think it's a little bit of that. I think it's also very, as you say, it's it's elitist. It's, yeah. it's, it's, if, you, if you haven't completed your higher education, then you couldn't possibly be good enough for this institution. I've been a restaurant manager for... Oh gosh! I mean, I waited tables for a good eight years, and then I and then I got into to management, and and I've I've had employees who just life experience mm-hmm. that I would rather have drive my proverbial bus right than somebody with a master's degree right right you know right what I mean? yeah. Like, 
I think I think I think the entire population should be forced to wait tables for at least six months. Everyone says that, you know. Um, I like to think I, I've said that many times. I think we all have. But now I feel like the service industry, especially working in restaurants and bars, it's like a club. <gasps> you there's a language. There is a language you have to learn. You have there's there's it's a club. It's a, Speaking you, of elitist, I feel elitist oh, sometimes. You feel superior. I feel you know, like I know how to do this. And there's a don't. lot of people out there that couldn't do what we what do. What we do, right? What we exactly they couldn't handle it. So They're, I feel like it's not for everybody. Oh, it would be nice not. to because the reason you say that is because you want people to see how tipped employees feel. Don't be an asshole, right? You want you want that, but you know you could say the same for customer service. Sure. I think everyone can, should have to work in customer yep, service, yep. just in general, blah, blah, blah. But now I'm, I'm like, you know what? You can't do you what can't we do. You can't do what I do. Yeah. <laughs> but it is, it, you're, you're right. It, it is like a club. Somebody will sit down at your bar, and you will know within two minutes. Mm-hmm. You will know within the first interaction with them mm-hmm. because they speak a language. Right. Yeah. And there's, a, there's just a, there's a, even a silent demeanor. Yeah. You just, you know. You know. You're, and you you've tend been, to you've been in the shit with me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you connect with those people. Mm-hmm. You tend to take a little bit better care of them, even, and they take maybe a little bit better care of you. That's yeah. what people don't know. There is so much to be gained just from being pleasant oh, to your server. There really is. I have a bottle of hot sauce that I keep at work because we used to have this certain kind of hot sauce that we don't have anymore. And I keep a bottle. And if somebody, somebody comes, comes in, in, what is it? It's the Tennessee. Sunshine? Yes. We used to have that. Nobody carries that They anymore. stopped doing it. Mm-hmm. And I have some that I keep hidden. I have little hiding places at Barley's. I also keep toothbrushes hidden so I can clean <laughs> the spouts on the soda machines that oh. don't get cleaned very well. Uh-huh. But I know that if I leave that toothbrush there, it's somebody's going to throw that away. Nobody's going to leave a toothbrush in the dish in the dish area. You know, that's right. we probably get counted off for that. Oh yeah, health <laughs> yeah. department's gonna ding you on that. But a toothbrush <laughs> is very good at cleaning uh-huh. those little things. Uh-huh. And I have a hiding place in the sound booth. Al Braden, <laughs> Big Al, stay He's away from my toothbrushes. I know, He's right? never gonna tell on you. <laughs> <laughs> He's probably what? What is this toothbrush? Yeah. Speaking of special things you do for your customers, yeah, definitely. If you connect with the table, you will go above and beyond for that table. So it is very important to be nice to your servers nice and to bartenders your server. and you know my my general philosophy and i i you know i have a lot of i have a lot of part-time staff just they're gig staff it's events i don't have regular work for 20 servers but i have people that i call on consistently and you know we we preach the philosophy of I don't care if they're being an asshole. Everybody deserves, mm-hmm. you know, your 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 grace and your service. And it is a it this is, is an your honor. job. It's right. an honor yeah. to be of service, and this is why we do it. And if you're not excited about it, then you can leave. Mm-hmm. You need a different job. However, we do do <laughs> special things for the nice ones. <laughs> uh, when I was working at farm shop out in Larkspur, Marin County, just north of. If you if you if you cross the Golden Gate Bridge from San Francisco, you land in Marin County. Okay. Um, highest real estate prices in the country. Oh wow. Um, oh, I got a story for you about about Marin County. 
Okay. Uh, but I was working at Larkspur, and we, we, we referred to it as soigné. You know, you just, you just, everything, everything gets a little soigné, a little bit extra. And if that's, if that's how you kind of train your brain to think, you know, and then it's easy, it's easy to, to, to gloss over the assholes. Tell me that crazy. Oh, I got a, I got a Marin County story for you. Are you ready for this? <laughs> yeah, I am. I was working at a very small, boutique all-organic, local catering company. Mm-hmm. Um, this is probably back in like 2000 and maybe 10 or 11. I don't remember. And I get this call one day, and this woman says, oh, her name's Rosie, and she's just the nicest lady. I mean, just so sweet and so polite and so pleasant. And, and kind of, I like felt like she knew it. Like, this lady's waited tables before, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Rosie, Rosie's husband, Peter is turning 50 and they live in Los Angeles, but they have a, uh, vacation home up in Tiburon, mm-hmm. Marin County, very fancy, right on the bay. Beautiful. Uh, and so she wants to have his 50th birthday party at their vacation home in Tiburon. And can we cater? She will not tell me her last name. She came oh. in to do a tasting and she brought a friend. She didn't bring Peter. She brought a friend, and they did the tasting, and then finally they said, okay, we're ready to book you. We want to book you. Send me a contract. What is your last name? Casey. So, of course, the first thing I do is I get on the internet and I Google, Peter Casey. Peter Casey is Casey Warner. Oh, wow. Cheers. Oh, wow, yes. So she books, and I was like, holy shit. And so we start talking about it, and this was the this was the best thing. She said the, the invitation says seven thirteen p.m. Seven thirteen. Seven thirteen p.m. So we go to their, their very modest vacation mm-hmm. home, just a just a little like two story. They they actually they they had to pay they paid a moving company to move all of the furniture out of the living room so that we could fit forty people, and it was very cozy. And we we had a beautiful menu. We did it was like a five course seated and forty people. <clears throat> we get there and we're set. We set up all the tables and chairs, setting up the tables. And and Rosie and Peter are putting all the name cards out mm-hmm. where everybody's going to sit. And I hear her say, "Don't forget to put Danny next to the kids. You know, Danny likes to sit next to the kids." And so fast forward seven thirteen p.m limos somebody came in in a helicopter everybody was there at 7 13 p.m and they come in and we have a little cocktail hour and they all sit down and you figure hollywood bunch of la people there's you figure there's going to be an asshole everybody in that room was the nicest most gracious grateful pleasant david hyde pierce love david hyde pierce niles yes Every single time a server would put down a plate in front of him, he would stop his conversation and look up at them and look them in the eye and say, thank you. I can't remember her name. What is her name? Daphne? Daphne was there. Mary Steenburgen and Ted Danson couldn't make it. Um, so Danny DeVito. Oh, that's the Danny that loves that's the kids. The Danny. And Rhea Perlman. Everybody thinks Rhea, like they remember her from Cheers. She is actually beautiful in yes. person. Anyway, so so we, and we knew about this. Danny makes, he opened a line. He makes his family limoncello. His family <gasps> I recipe. I love limoncello. But we knew that he had sent a case in advance so that we could make a dessert pairing, whatever. So... Um, so they had their dinner and then in between for about 45 minutes in between dinner and dessert, they had this 
green satin clad chanteuse come in and sing song like cabaret style. So we had like 45 minutes where we're just and they'd we'd set up the catering kitchen in the garage. And there are like 12 of us there for 40 people. Right. We, you know. Yeah. Um, and so we're all sitting around on coolers and milk crates and sitting around the garage. And we had, we'd set up the dessert. It was cold. It was like some kind of little lemon tart situation or something. And we had poured trays of Danny DeVito's limoncello in, our, in a little pony glass. And they were all in the refrigerator. And we're just sitting around waiting for service. And I looked around and I said, guys, you want to you you try the limoncello? And everybody's really and so we all we all pour. He sent a case. There was a case. Yeah, there's plenty. Uh, plenty. So we're all sitting around, and it's delicious. I mean, it's it was delicious. So mm. we're we're all sitting around, and all of a sudden, the garage door—not like garage door, but like the door to the house—bursts uh-huh. open. Uh huh. And Danny DeVito in the doorway. He hops in, and he goes, "Ha!" Ah! We were like, "Shit!" Like busted. And he looks around. He goes, "Did you try the limoncello?" <laughs> And I don't know how we pulled this off, but all of us simultaneously just looked at our glass and went, cheers. Oh, cheers. And he goes, goes, ha. And then he slams the door and leaves again. That is brilliant. That is my best story. That is so good. It was, that that party was so fun. That just sounds exactly like something he would do. Did you try it? Did you try the lemon And then you all said cheers. That's great. That's great. Oh, it was too perfect. Mm. <laughs> I love it. So when you um, moved to, um, you moved to San Francisco. I moved um, no. to the East Bay. I to never lived Bay. in San Francisco. I worked in San Francisco, um, did a lot of events in San Francisco. I worked at a wine brokerage there for a little bit, a little while. Ooh, what was like, that like? It was stressful. We sold wine futures the way that the stock exchange sells stocks. We had like really highly allocated, like small production, but and, but not to restaurants, to like buyers. Who were some of your customers, or did you know? I didn't have. I was. I didn't have any whales. I was. I was only there for a year. Uh-huh. Um, whales is that what you called the, the big exactly, spenders? Your, your whales. I didn't. Ha- I didn't really. I had. I had one. You had dolphins. I had one small. <laughs> I had one small whale. Um, a sperm whale, or not a, 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 a beluga. beluga whale. You had, yes, a beluga. I had a beluga whale. I didn't have any blue whales. Um, it was it was stressful. It was really fun. Like I remember uh, one time for our summer party, they oh she threw fabulous parties. Fonda, the owner, she was based. They, they were based in San Diego. Um, she came up one time and she got us a a box at the horse track, like the fancy one oh, in Palo like Alto. A, like a skybox uh, kind we, of situation. We had Golden Gate Fields in Richmond, which is like ghetto horse track, but it was really fun. Dollar day. You know, you yeah. take 20 bucks, you eat some hot dogs and drink some Bud Light and bet on the ponies. It's it was, like it baseball yeah. here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But no, she took us to the fancy track down in Palo Alto. And I remember she and the two managers took a limo down there and the rest of the office, she loaded us onto the cow train with a case of champagne and a stack of solo cups. Oh my goodness! And it's an hour down there. Yeah, we were wasted, hammered, wasted um, on champagne, mm-hmm. which is a totally different. Buzz. And then, and then we get to the horse track, and she's got a case of Chassagne Montrachet there that they only made like two hundred cases of, and she's like, "There's not even enough of this to sell, so we're oh just going to drink it." Wow, I was so drunk. Wow, we, I I don't even anyway. But but past that in the Bay Area, I was I was always I was either waiting tables or I was in the event industry. Mm-hmm. And that was 
I mean, it, again, my whole career, I think I've had one retail job that only lasted for a couple months. Yeah. It's all, it's all restaurant. It's, you know, it's the bug. Um, I tell you a funny story about when I was, when I was in school, I was waiting tables at this little Asian tapas restaurant in Oakland. Amazing food, delicious. But I was so, I mean, I was in school from 7.30 a.m. to 2.30 p.m. every single day, and then I would rush home, and five nights a week I would take a shower and, and run. I mean, I was just so ragged. I was exhausted all the time. Um, I remember being there one night, and um, bleep this out if you have to, because it's not good. Uh, I was I was the last server on, and we were like maybe twenty minutes from closing, and Danny Glover walks in, shit canned, oh. hammered. <laughs> There's nobody else in the restaurant. He sits down on a banquette directly across from the bar, and I took his order. I'm not even sure if he knew what he was doing, but like, at one point, uh, he looks up and yells across to the bartender, "Hey." Can you can you plug my phone in for me? Oh wow! Waving it at her. <laughs> I'm Danny Glover. <laughs> exactly. Um, and he, I didn't serve him any alcohol, but he had had plenty. <laughs> um, but yeah, just and then and then tipped ten percent. Oh wow! See, yeah. that's what you don't like yeah. to hear. Not 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 a good experience and you know you you get you get so disillusioned you're like but i loved you and i know <laughs> and now every time you see him like, now every time <laughs> see they don't think about that every time they see you on the screen from then on they're going to think about what a shitty tipper you are i got uh i got another i got another i got the best shitty tipper story Let's ever go. ever uh, when I was working at Farm Shop in Marin, in Larkspur, beautiful restaurant, the uh, the chef slash owner was the former, I think he was the national culinary director or something for the Thomas Keller group. Oh. So like French Laundry, mm-hmm. like ad hoc per se, all that. Beautiful restaurant. Mm-hmm. Um and I was the I was the private events manager, and we had a small group, maybe twelve or fourteen people in the lounge one night. And it's Barry Bonds. Follow baseball giant. Not that much, but I do know who Barry yeah, everybody Bonds is. Knows yeah. who Barry <laughs> bleep, bleep this out if you have to. No, not at all. Um, There's I not much that I bleep out, by the way. I don't care for the world to know what an asshole move right. this was. Yeah. They're in there, and Mike, one of my best servers, oh my gosh, so good. Um, he took care of them, and that was his only table that night. They ran up a $1,400 tab. They were just drinking and snacking. Like, they didn't eat dinner. They were just kind of hanging out. $1,400 tab. Stiffed him. Stiffed him. Put a line through the tip and signed the bill. There, we, we did, there was no gratuity. We didn't do that. That was tacky. You don't, you don't do that. Not in a nicer, know, nicer restaurant. A, yeah. Well, you don't super, need to do it because you've got because you classy expect, people coming. Right. and Line through the tip line. Bless his stiffed heart. Him. The next day. Oh, no. This is going to get better. <laughs> <laughs> the next day. These two ladies that were with him in the party come at like 5 o'clock, 5 o'clock, like happy hour time, and they sit down at the bar, and they both order a glass of wine, and I come over, and they're like, is Mike here? And I was like, yeah, Mike's here, and they were like, can you send him over? And Mike comes over, and they were like, we're really sorry, here's $400. <gasps> 
And I'm going, what? What, what does does Barry Bonds know that he's got two, two women, women following him around, knowing wow full well that he is going a around tipping all stiffing all of his servers, and then they're following him around the next day, making up for his bad behavior. Oh my gosh! What an asshole! Yeah, does he know? Right. <gasps> right? Oh. Probably not. And who were those women? Was it like his... I don't know, but they were fucking classy. Yeah. <laughs> were they just friends? Were they part yeah, of his they, entourage? They were, just, they were there. Was it his like, m- at the party? sister? Maybe. You know? I, like, I have no idea. They were just, you know, they were probably oh, well. my age. Yeah. Um, and this is this probably what, like 2013, 2014, something like that. Like, you're, everybody knows how much money you make. I want to think that they snuck in and got the $400 out of his wallet. Let's hope so. <laughs> Let's hope so. <laughs> He's passed out drunk that night. You're, you're tipping, but you don't know you it. Don't know. <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, oh, Deborah Santana, Carlos Santana's ex wife. Gorgeous, lovely, amazing. We would do events. She did a lot of work for the um, Museum of the African Diaspora. And she would throw these parties at her house. And uh, she would always... And, oh, my God, just so lovely. So, I mean, just radiantly beautiful. Mm. Like, oh. But uh, she would all, we would go set up. And, you know, normally, like, as an event planner, the client will give you the tips. And you'll... But she would want to go... She would want to go tip the staff and thank them. Yeah, thank them for being there. That's really nice. And oh man, I mean these servers, they were already making a good hourly, but she would always tip them like fifty bucks a piece. Wow. She's like, here's here's your fifty. Thank you for being here. Um, Love you. But uh gosh, I'm sure there are more. Well, it was a fun time. Um um I, I had you know, I came back though because this is home. You know, it, being in the Bay Area in my 20s and my early 30s, like, that was amazing. But right. your priorities change they totally as do, you get yeah. older. You know, I never could have started my own business out there. The competition. So competitive. Yeah. So expensive. Like, it just, it, it would have been impossible. Right. Oh, I was going to tell you the story about the cat at Ye Old Steakhouse. Oh, yes. Okay, so we, we were <laughs> earlier in the ca- <laughs> Earlier in the kitchen, we were talking about Yield Steakhouse about Yield and how steakhouse. Oh, it's crazy. And then, yes, it is, you had... It is quirky. It is quirky. It is, it's, it, is a, it is a special place. If you have never been there, you got to do it once. Just don't you have any do it no expectations. extreme no expectations. high expectations. Go on $6 burger night. Right. Go on $6. Yeah. $3 exactly. cheese. Yeah. Um, and you can wear t-shirts. <laughs> you can wear t-shirts. And sandals. And yes. <laughs> so we're in there. We're in there. And Chris is saying, Carmen's husband... Is saying there was this. There, there used to be all these cats that live. And you again, you never know if he's serious. You never know. This if he's is serious. your friend who this has this my friend, dry wit yes, sense of humor. Very, okay. very dry. And 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 he also makes up a lot of shit. Okay. <laughs> so he's and, a Peter the Wolf. You don't. You never know when to. Exactly. He's crying. And but he's really funny. You know, right? it's like he starts telling these stories, and you're like, you're hooked. You're fascinated. You know, <laughs> you, just, you just don't know if it's true or not. So he says, so he said there used to be all these cats that lived in the ceiling here. And one night there was a there was a table. He's like, I'm not sure where it was, but it was like one of these big round tables. There were like four of us at an eight top or something. He uh-huh. was like, one of these big round tables like this. And right in the middle of these people's dinner, this one time, this this cat just fell through the ceiling and landed on the table. And there's like sheetrock everywhere, and this cat, and then and the cat runs off. And he's like, and then they had to, you know, they had to call the like 
whatever animal you control. don't get an animal yeah you don't get an exterminator for a cat infestation we hope but apparently not. there were all he's like a there cat these, i would love to have a cat infestation cats, by the way <laughs> all these cats living in the ceiling in the crawl space and i was like you are so full of shit chris like that that did not happen like yeah like funny story but that did not happen <laughs> And this waitress comes over. She wasn't our waitress, but she came by to like fill our water or something. Like her, her she's she is she is as old as God. She comes over <laughs> to refill our water. She has not heard any of this conversation. Right. She comes over. She's refilling our water, and Chris looks up at her and he goes, "Do you remember when that cat fell through the ceiling?" And she goes, "Oh, honey, I was off that night, but I remember oh, when it happened. Wow. It's true. <laughs> that would be hilarious." We got to find more people can that you, were there the night the cat fell through the imagine? ceiling at the old steakhouse. You know, people people tell me all the time. I mean, I'm, I'm 43 years old. I've been doing this for a long time. And I get a lot of, oh, my God, like, you're so good at your job. Like, everything was perfect. Like, how do you do it so consistently? I'm like, I spent a lot of time fucking up on somebody else's dime. A lot of lessons working for other people over the years, you know, and and, and there's a whole lot of like what not to do and how to address a situation. We had a uh, we had a fundraiser in San Francisco. I can't remember where it was, maybe at the Moscone Center, huge venues, 500 people. Wow. For Save the Bay. Okay. Save the Bay is a huge, it's been big. around for decades, like huge organization. And uh, we had been bidding on their big annual fundraiser for years and we finally got it. They were doing a three course plated. So like they got a super salad choice and then they got either a, a chicken or a vegetarian entree and then they had dessert. We were in production meetings, so many production meetings, huge event. And the chef, he didn't want to hold chicken. He didn't want to par cook it. And he was like, I'm going to cook it on site. And I'm like, Jeremy, there's no kitchen there. You have a prep kitchen. That's all you have. I'm just going to cook it in the hot box. Chef, you cannot cook chicken no, in a hot box. No, you can't do that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. If I get there early enough, I can crank those up to like 225, 250, and I can slow cook it for like six hours. And I'm like, chef, you cannot cook chicken in a hot box. So we get there. He's cooking chicken in a hot box the problem is we plug in these hot boxes and he cannot get them over 90 degrees oh no now did you did he bring any other way to do it is there a grill on side or anything there's no plan no, b his plan there's no plan b so hmm. i resourceful me yes look around and think there is both a hilton and a radisson within oh, you're a block so from smart. me you're so smart within a block from me oh no it, it does this does not end well so i called i'm like these these hotels have huge commissary kitchen like mm-hmm. huge commercial kitchens and i called and can i come put some chicken in your oven I'm, i wish we could help you i'm so sorry liability doesn't cover it blah da, da, whatever he has a couple of saute pans with him, and so he pulls out a cassette burner, and he's trying to cook 500 people worth of chicken. So anyway, the first course, the salad and the soup went out beautifully. Everything's on time. People are so happy. They love it. They're having their program. <laughs> and then dinner, and then dinner, and then it's 15 minutes, and then it's 20 minutes, and then it's an hour, and then it's an hour and a half. People start getting up and leaving. The client, I was hiding in the kitchen. I was just like, I can't talk to anybody. I would have been right like, now. I'm in my like, car in the so parking lot, he, in the floorboard of my car. <laughs> like, 
like, oh. So we go do a quick head count, and we we determine that there are about 270 people left. We're just going to serve them dessert. Like, there's no hope. The soup and the salad, that was the plan the whole time. It's soup and salad and dessert. What did you come here for? (laughs) You're waiting for chicken. What chicken? (laughs) So we're just going to send out dessert. Half the people are gone. The client's pissed. We're just going to do what we can at this point. So back in the kitchen, we had a, you know, you know, standard six foot folding table, plastic folding table. Right. Back there. And uh, I had 270 seven inch salad plates stacked on this table and some servers, (laughs) some, some sweet summer children who do not know what they're doing, start taking plates off of one side of this (gasps) table. And I remember I had one of those moments where I saw it happen. In slow motion. Where they go to take off this last crate. of, And I went, no! They took off the crate. The table collapses on itself. Mm. And a hundred and some odd salad plates just crash. Like broken all over the floor. I sat down in the corner and cried. (laughs) You needed a walk in. I needed, I needed a walk in. It was so mortifying. I mean, we ended up we ended up refunding pretty much their entire. What happened to Chef? Chef did not lose his job over that, but Chef continued to fuck up wow. in, in various other ways. Oh, I got another story for you. Yeah, I love how stories spawn other stories. <laughs> right? <laughs> like catering disaster. This was not a disaster. This was just a really interesting story. Same catering company. I got a call one time from this guy. He's some kind of like angel investor, like tech billionaire, blah, whatever. Another 50th birthday party. And he wants to have his 50th birthday party at Burning Man. Oh, gosh. <laughs> catered he, catered ca- party oh, at Burning Man. Here's my, here, here was the initial request. I'm going gonna, gonna to bring 50 of my, it's going to be guys weekend. I want a central tent, central, big central tent with a lounge and a 24-hour bar and a 24-hour restaurant for five days. And then... And you're like, when they, $2 million. When, <laughs> one, 1.5. 1.5? I was kidding. Yeah. Oh, that's insane. You were that's close. so cool. They, so, but then he said, yeah, but I want... It would have been $2 million probably more than that if he if we'd done his initial request he said the belly he said when, when people when people leave the the main tent i want them to be able to go to their own separate tent and have a bedroom and a shower and like oh like basically a hotel room we got yurts we got a bunch of yurts but i don't want them to have to walk outside when they go to their their bedroom um they, hoverboards they um, did <laughs> well we just would have had to build a whole bunch of marquees you know Whoa. and so i quoted that yeah we ended up they they did have to walk outside but oh they gosh had, they oh had my gosh bed. you're kidding how awful awful like, why are you at burning man why would you even go to that party why didn't you do this at the airport hilton I know, like, right? Right? you could have like, bought the airport hilton yeah, right? <laughs> So they did have to walk outside, but they all had they all had their own yurt. They had a they had a bed and a shower. The restaurant we did a big dinner on the opening night, and then we did a big like cocktail party situation for his actual birthday. And then it was limited service, but it was a twenty four hour restaurant and a twenty four hour bar. Uh, I made him I made him rent RVs for all of our staff. Right. Um, we took three 
27 foot tractor trailer trucks out there, 500 gallon drums of propane and blew through it in like three days. So we had to send more propane like to Burning Man. The the whole the the main tent was this whole like Moroccan like kind of like loungy I can vibe see it. like it was great. But no, 1.5 million dollars where I drew the line was when he called me and asked me to hire the escorts. I said, "I'm sorry, that's your executive that's, assistant's job." Yeah. Not, I'm not, not a, touching that. I'm not a pimp. No. No. <laughs> I said, "Why don't you why don't you, you have Jennifer do that?" Yeah. I draw the line at madam. <laughs> um but yeah it was it was crazy but they went and they did it and I, th- oh he had to buy all of our staff tickets to burning man oh because right? they couldn't yeah because they couldn't you, come just in just because you're bringing a caterer in doesn't mean that that like, they get to they, come in for right, free what they have a, what does it cost to go to burning man uh i think at the time i think it's more now i think at the time it's four hundred dollars <gasps> uh-huh we took um 17 staff oh my god just the planning of this, Molly. It I can't was, imagine. It was insane. All of the check boxes yurts. and checks and yurts, tractor trailers. It's like putting on, it's like putting on a circus. Mm-hmm. Oh, but we do that too. Oh, you did a circus. You did, oh, so the um, the Appalachian Equality Chorus, formerly known as KGMC Knoxville Gamers yes. Chorus. Everybody knows KGMC, but uh, Appalachian Equality Chorus. Yes. Um, we, one of the, one of our best fundraisers for them every year, we've been doing, uh, basically for a Mardi Gras party, we do a masquerade where we, I mean, I get Dragonfly to come in with the aerial dancers. We get fire, fire dancers. We, a good juggler, all of the drag queens. You have to come. It's (laughs) so fun. We do it at the, uh, Old City Performing Arts Center. It's $25. It gets you in. It gets you one drink token. That's not bad. It's so fun. It's so fun. And it's a circus. I I rented a popcorn machine last year and that was a huge hit. Yeah, keep your eye on the social media. It's yeah. really fun. Thank you Follow. so much, Molly, for coming Thank over. You so much. And now you're going over to be on another podcast. What other podcast are you going to be on? Knox Brew Stories. We're gonna we're promoting breaststrokes. Uh, the Brew Hub is doing a pint night for us on Thursday. Sweet. Evidently, we are their first pint night ever. Wow. We're very honored. Yes. Very flattered. Come out yeah. and support breaststrokes. Look up if Always. you don't know breaststrokes. Look it up. You will fall in love with us. I guarantee. Okay, so listen to the Knox Brew Stories. Knox Brew Stories. Mm-hmm. Look up breaststrokes if you don't know what it is. I like to give assignments every week. Yep. Um, yep. <laughs> a takeaway. A, a little takeaway. Right. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And if you're a nonprofit or with one and you need some a organization of an event, event. call mm-hmm. Molly Joe. And Molly if Joe. you ever see a Molly Joe event, go to it. I am on Instagram at Molly Joe Events. <laughs> right. I'll Find share me. that. Call me. I love you. Love it. I love knowing you. you. Yeah. Bye. This was so fun. Yes. yes Thank yes. you. Bye. Bye. All right. Yay. Well, that was a fun little conversation. Hope you enjoyed it. If you did, leave a good review. And if you haven't already, subscribe and tell your friends about me. Your tip for the week is to bring your own cheese to the old steakhouse. And keep your eye out for cats. Have a great, productive couple of weeks, and I'll be back. Bye. Bye.